Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one. Winning, winning Drive. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan. Here with my guy, Cordell Woolen from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter from 105.7 The Fan. Pro Bowl has gone, Cordell. We, you know, talked about that. And, of course, there's some other things that um, kind of happen, like during Pro Bowl week, which was Mark Andrews actually doing a lot of press, which is surprising because if you ever like meet Mark Andrews or been in the presence of Mark Andrews, he doesn't really seem like a guy that likes to do a whole lot of talking, but apparently he was doing some media blitzes um, doing Pro Bowl week. And um, one of the things that he had been asked, so he, he was asked a couple of things. He, he jokingly said that he would give Lamar his um, contracts, you know, to keep him in Baltimore because he feels like he's a Raven for life. He also um, went and talked about the wide receiver position and how, you know, Baltimore needs to find a way to attract more wide receivers. Cordell, my, I, I, of course, I think the whole flock agrees with him in that regard. But I think that having Lamar in limbo in terms of what the Ravens are doing with their contract situation is probably what's going to be the holdup. We heard Marlon Humphrey say the same thing that, you know, when he was doing his quote unquote recruiting, because we know that he does that um, publicly, that guys was like, hey, well, I don't know. I mean, is Lamar going to be there? So everybody's trying to find out what Lamar is going to do and where he's going to go. I feel like this could be potentially an issue um in terms of like what the ravens do in free agency because what what wide receiver as we know that they are the devos of the nfl there's divas and then there's devos and the men are the devos of the nfl 
wanting to come into a situation where there's uncertainty at quarterback, which would affect their numbers overall. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got a lot to change uh, if they want to have wide receivers view Baltimore differently than what they did before. Uh, Greg Roman not being in Baltimore will help for sure, but we don't know what type of offense this is going to be just yet. Now, I would imagine if, if if they're able to get certain types of names to be the offensive coordinator, that'll pique wide receivers' uh, interest. Um, I think you mentioned Marlon Humphrey doing some recruiting. I think Lamar probably needs to do some recruiting as well. I think players are going to, just like Marlon said, players were asking him, are the Ravens going to pay Lamar? I think everybody wants to know what is Lamar's plans? What are the Ravens going to do with Lamar in the future? Because that's going to dictate their decision on whether or not they want to come to Baltimore as well. So I think if Lamar was to holler at some of these guys around the league and, you know, tell assure them that he feels like he will be in Baltimore right now and tell, you know, like, hey, man, we, we, we're trying to do something different. I'm involved in the offensive coordinator search. I'm talking to these guys. I'm, you know, I'm emphasizing how important the pass game needs to be in this offense. And I, I think if he hears I, – I do think players around the league do respect Lamar, and they like Lamar, contrary to what a lot of people believe. Um I just don't think that Lamar is very social with these guys. Uh, he said before that he doesn't he, he he doesn't really deal with a lot of players in the league unless he crosses paths with them. But it's not like, you know, outside of probably like Tyler Huntley or James Prochet. I don't know how often he's talking to anybody in the NFL. Honestly, I, he just doesn't strike me as that guy that's just part of the end crowd. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I, I think he'll have to kind of get out of his shell and maybe reach out to some of these guys that may be on the free agent market or maybe potentially uh, being traded and let them know, like, you know, we are changing things in Baltimore because it is important. This is the modern day NFL and the wide receiver position is a very important position right now. And if you don't have wide receivers, you really don't, stand a chance i think to compete for anything i mean yeah in your division maybe but if we're talking about a super bowl you're not winning the super bowl without any why with with the, with the receiving core the ravens had out there this season so they do have to tra- change that stigma and i'm i'm you know the fact that a guy like mark andrews sees it and is willing to acknowledge and mark andrews usually doesn't fall into that type of stuff it's, and maybe he's a you know he's a different guy probably during the season compared to right now where he's loose and free, the season's over, the offensive coordinator's gone. So maybe he feels a little more freedom to say what's on his mind because during the season, he would never say anything, you know, uh, like that. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at him for speaking. The truth is out there. We all see it. We all right. know, you know, it's, it's not a secret that receivers don't want to come to Baltimore and it is going to be key for the Ravens to try to change that stigma. I, I want to go back to something you said regarding like having Lamar be a recruiter, but how confident can Lamar be in his own situation, knowing that he doesn't have a long-term deal for him to be able to communicate with guys and say, Hey, come to Baltimore when he doesn't even know if he's going to be a Raven this upcoming season. Yeah. I mean, and that's the big point, you know, uh, how much can Lamar say? I do think ultimately it's if Lamar wants to be a Raven, he'll be a Raven. Um, so that's yeah. kind of the, that that's kind of the good thing where that you would that would make you feel good. I think as a player, 
if Lamar is coming to you and recruiting me and, and, and telling me, you know, how much I should come to Baltimore. And I'm, I'm sure enough going to ask him like, what's about to happen with you in Baltimore. And he can't definitively say, look, it's a hundred percent. I'm going to be there, but he, he could, he's going to have to give some sort of reassurance that he plans, you know, unless something goes left, he's going to be a Raven. Um, and so I, I do, I do think that it'll go a long way for Lamar to go out there and talk to these guys simply because I think it'll put them at ease instead of just talking to the organization, the organization to tell them anything, you know what I'm saying? Every, everybody that walks in there, the organization is going to tell them that Lamar is going to be there, but you can't really take their word for it. I would rather hear it from Lamar than not, because ultimately he's the one that's got to sign the dotted line. So yeah, I mean, he, you're right. He can't definitively say what he is, what's going to happen with him and the team in the future right now, but he can at least make some of these guys feel good about the chance that he'll still be in Baltimore next year. I mean, if the rate, look, if whether Lamar is here or not, they need wide receivers. So right. that's that, right. you know, <laughs> you know, obviously Lamar is having, um, you know, a solid option at quarterback is going to be huge for the Ravens in terms of like having stability. Um, so that's definitely going to be something that's helpful, but whether Lamar is here or not, the Ravens need a wide receiver. They need wide receiver help badly. And, you know, that's something that's, that's gotta be a priority for them in addition to trying to find a way to pay Lamar. So, you know, I, I, I don't know how this is going to go. It's very interesting because I feel like if, if as long as Lamar is in limbo, I feel like high-profile wide receivers that are available will be in limbo. Now, there's going to be guys that, you know, are just going to be looking for new homes no matter what. And so, you know, they're going to get the whoever gives them the best deal. However, I just think that, you know, Lamar – um, and his uncertainty brings a lot of uncertainty to if, if you're a guy that has options. We know DeAndre Hopkins has a no clause, uh, no trade clause. Um, they're saying Keenan Allen is potentially going to be a cut. Well, well, Keenan Allen can pick and choose wherever he wants to go because he's Keenan freaking Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, those types of guys are not going to want to come to a place that is inconsistent when it comes to understanding who the quarterback is. And so that is something that the Ravens and Lamar are going to have to take into consideration. Um, but obviously there's some other middle tier guys that you can bring in. And of course there's draft players, uh, as well. That being said, they have to find a way to address it. Anytime Mark Andrews starts talking, cause again, I don't, he's not really a huge talker. No. He's not a dude that's going to say a whole lot, you know? So when he starts saying, Hey, we have a problem at the wide receiver position. I mean, that's essentially what he said. Now we need a, we need, we need guys to want to come here. Um, yeah, you do. And it's sad that you're tight end who you would think, you know, because he's one of the best options on this offense, you know, would get all the brink of it. Look, he's he's like, look, I'm willing to share the wealth. Somebody else got to come here and do this dirty work because I can't get, I can't continue to do all the dirty work. What's going on here? Yeah, I think we saw last year or this year, I guess you could say this past season that, you know, Mark Andrews alone isn't enough. And Mark Andrews, he'll, he'll benefit from having more weapons out there you know to open things up for him so he definitely wants to have more talent in that offense he understands I mean he's a guy that wants to win if you've been around Mark Andrews enough you you could definitely figure that part out um and I think he's super competitive and I think he is 
very prideful when it comes to the Ravens. He is a, he's proud to be with that with the team, and and I I believe every word he's saying. I, I believe he believes everything he's saying to where people should want to come to Baltimore, and honestly, they probably should. They should want to be out there. The Ravens have been one of the more stable organizations in the NFL. This has been a uh, an organization that has a culture of winning. So hey, that don't mean nothing. That don't mean nothing to me, bro. If my if I want my stats up and, and my and the quarterback is you know not gonna be good. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it, it, that's what I'm saying. I mean it doesn't overshadow receivers not wanting to come there because right. they don't want to block for sixty minutes. Like, exactly, definitely, it's, it's definitely not gonna overshadow. I'm just saying that all of that's them having the winning culture that they have. Normally, you it would it should be able to attract those players but you're the the call the uh, same in the same breath their wide receiver culture is pitiful it, it's it's downright terrible honestly so they they're trying to fix it they've gone the the draft way for a while now and they've used high draft capital to to select wide receivers um but now they're going to have to start dishing out some money i think to bring in some of these guys because the the draft hasn't necessarily panned out for them. So they're at the point now to where I think that they are going to have to pay a legit guy if they want to get the production that they're looking for. I completely agree. Um, so hopefully we'll see how that works soon uh, because free agency is starting. Literally, it's around the corner. So mm-hmm. we're going to find out, you know, who's going to be available, who's willing to come to Baltimore. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Before we get into our next subject, please hit the subscribe button for the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to know. So we know that another thing that the Ravens need outside of wide receiver is the person that's going to call the plays, Cordell. We still do not have uh, an inkling of who the offensive coordinator is going to be in uh, for the Ravens for 2023. We know that they've had some um, second interview type uh, situations. Um, uh, Todd uh, Monken, Georgia offensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos. Um, But one that I think is the most notable that people I think recognize the most is Eric Bieniemy, of course, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, it, it appears that Washington and Baltimore are the top two destinations um, for uh, Eric Bieniemy. So when you think of him, I, we it's obvious that Andy Reid calls the plays. You see him do it on the sidelines all the time. Um, so a lot of people were saying, you know, Eric Bieniemy wants to be a head coach, and, and I'm sure he does. You know, I'm sure he's wanted to be a head coach for quite some time. However, that just hasn't panned out the way that we thought it would. Do you think that him getting un- from under the shadow of Andy Reid will help solidify his, you know, argument for being a head coach. And do you think that, what do you think that the Ravens have versus uh, the commanders? Because when you look at the wide receiving group, you could argue that the commanders got better players, you know? Um, but 
there's obviously a lot of question marks um, and, and pretty much all the other areas of that offense. So if you're the enemy, do you want to really deal with, I don't know who the, the, the quarterback is going to be for the commanders. I have no idea what they're going to do. I'm going to assume that they're going to try to find somebody in the draft. Or do you go with the organization that at the very least, you know that you have some guys that's going to be there, like a Mark Andrews, like a J.K. Dobbins, and potentially Lamar Jackson returning. Yeah, I mean, it's question marks on both sides. You know, uh, with the Ravens, obviously, the glaring one is going to be Lamar. What's, what happens with what is the plan with Lamar and the fact that currently they don't have receivers in there. I mean, Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay are there. And yeah, they're nice, but you don't have a number one receiver uh, in Baltimore. Um, you've got some contract guys. You, you got issues in the backfield, I think, contractually coming up. Gus Edwards may be a cap casualty this offseason. J.K. Dobbins is going into the last year of his contract. What What's the plan with him? Are they going to extend him? Is it going to be a reset at the running back position? You know, who knows? Um, you know, I, I, there is more stability in Baltimore, without a question, if we're talking about comparing organizations right now, it's a night and day difference. Uh, the commanders are in the process of having the team potentially sold right now. So that could be a huge shakeup over there, because if the reports are true and it looks like Dan Snyder may sell uh, around the owners meeting or a little before, then who knows what happens with Ron Rivera out there. Eric B. Enemy may be going in and being hired by a coach who may not even make it through the offseason, uh, depending on the new ownership group. And we talked about Lamar being a uh, question mark at the quarterback position for the Ravens. God knows the commanders have the prop one of the biggest question marks at, at the quarterback position in the league. They don't know who the quarterback is going to be right now. It's supposed to be Sam Howell. They've said that he's going to really back one. Yeah, he's really? going into next year. Uh, that's what Ron Rivera said today. But again, we don't know if Ron Rivera will be there come next season. It's it's a lot of unknown out there. And sure, the wide receiver unit for Washington is a lot more better than the one in Baltimore. You got Terry McLaurin, who's under contract, just signed an extension this past offseason. So you, you've got, you know, a legit number one wide receiver out there. Curtis Samuel, Josh Dotson, incredible rookie year this year I mean definitely a nice group out there but neither one of these options right now I think are slam dunk it's just ironic and kind of funny to me that these are the two teams that it boils down to and these just happen to be the two teams that are just right down the road from each right other. uh it, it's kind of funny in that sense but yeah is I don't think there's an easy choice to be made here sure you can make the argument that you know one side maybe has a little more weapons to work with uh I guess from a wide receiver standpoint but I would take the Ravens offensive line I would take the the gamble on Lamar Jackson being there next year and playing on the tag and having an all pro and Mark Andrews personally over what's going on out in Washington because there's so much uncertainty from the ownership group like I said you don't know how that's going to affect the coaching staff and God knows they've been searching for a quarterback for almost 30 years. So, I mean, you're, you're really going to be walking into a mess over there. And that could end up benefiting the Ravens, who do have their own question marks, but they may not be as deeply rooted as the commanders.
Yeah, I agree with you. There's an ownership question mark. Um, there's more. I, I love Ron Rivera, but I don't know if he's a lame duck at this point. So you feel like, he, look, we know that the flock don't love Harbaugh all the time, but it feels like there's more stability at the um, head coaching position um, and just more stability from an organizational standpoint. Now, again, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm interested in, the talent that I'm I'm dealing with, and even like you said, I can make a, an argument for either one because uh, you know there's guys they do have some players um, on offense, but I do think that from an offensive standpoint, the Ravens have more capital that you can work with um, in terms of what they have overall. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know Bateman and Duvernay's not there, but yet if you bring back Bateman and Duvernay, and then you add a Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely and J.K. Dobbins. I mean, that's a, a pretty decent, like, and you already mentioned the offensive line, by the way. That's mm-hmm. a pretty decent group that you already have to start with. And you would like to think that the Ravens would add more in free agency and the draft to help with the, the offense. So, you know, it, it feels like that's just me and you talking, though. Like, I mean, from, from those three perspectives, I – think that the Ravens have a better opportunity but you know there's so many factors that can come into this are the commanders gonna pay Eric Benjamin more money are they gonna you know what I mean what are they gonna offer him that the Ravens don't in terms of like what it is that he's capable of doing um so that's the that's the interesting part and that's the part that we don't know I mean it's still up in the air I feel like a big part of it is still up in the air maybe because that Colts job is not solidified yet so you know you have to wait and see um and and neither team has to really you know go through like uh, uh, oh i need to make a decision now many camps hasn't started yet or you know voluntary camps hasn't started yet so you don't really need that but combine is coming up you know free agency is coming up those things are important in terms of like who you have as offensive coordinator so you know I, i i'm interested to see how this goes I feel like, I don't know, and I could be wrong, it does feel like that the Ravens really like uh, Monken, the, the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator from Georgia. Yeah, yeah. But, do, but do if Eric Bieniemy, who is in under the Andy Reid tree as well, just like John Harbaugh was, says, I want to come to Baltimore, do you throw that in the trash? Do you throw, do you say, all right, Monken, thanks for you, thank you for your time, and then go with Eric Bieniemy? I mean, I think Eric Bieniemy is basically option A for both of these teams right now. That's what it's just coming off as. I think both teams are looking and waiting to see what happens with Bieniemy. To be honest with you, as bad as he wants a head coaching job, I really don't think him taking that coach job is in the best interest of his career. Um, it, it just screams to me Texans all over again. Maybe not Texans now hi- hiring D'Amico Ryan's, but just Texans when they hired, you know, uh, the, uh, the uh, Lovey Smith and and uh, David Cully, just unsure and with nothing to work with, you know. And he could go out there and they could stink it up. They will stink it up because it's the Colts and they have nothing in place for him right now. Uh, that's just such a bad situation with an owner that's a little too involved for my liking. Um, I wouldn't. I just don't think that that's that's something that Eric B needs to do just because it's the opportunity that's there. Doesn't mean it's the right opportunity. Um, and I think it sucks that he has to basically do a lateral move and go to another team and take the same position 
And in, in actuality, he may not even have the same type of success that he had in Kansas City because look at what he's working with in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid, you know, one of the best offensive-minded head coaches in the league. I mean, he's got a very nice uh, uh, tool set out there with the people that he has around him. I don't think he's going to get that, whether it's with Baltimore or Washington, to be honest with you. Um, so I do think that it's going to be a step down in terms of production that we see. But Lamar at least gives him the opportunity to potentially have uh, that similar production to what he had in Kansas City. If nothing else, to have that level of explosion just because of Lamar's capabilities and what he can do on the field. You know, you're he, you're probably more willing to take a gamble there. But that's really your best case scenario in hopes that Lamar, you can just take Lamar's game to the next level and Lamar just ends up getting you the opportunity of your dreams. Absolutely. And I mean, if, if, if I'm being a man, I, I, and, and I'm trying to get from under, uh, under Andy Reid and I'm trying to get to an offense that could, you know, it, it feels like the Ravens are the, the, the most intriguing because of, you know, of everything that they, they were doing, you know, in previous years, mm -hmm. but they, it feels like they have enough talent for you to kind of put them in a position to be very good because we've seen this offense be top 10 offenses, but a lot of that was due to, you know, Lamar being able to explain, uh, to extend the plays and, and mm -hmm. do those types of things and running and whatnot. Um, I, I'm, I would love to see Lamar um, with a better wide receiver, with a better play caller and see how far this team can go. I think that they could be one of the best in the national football league. If they had a guy that, that handles situational play calling the way that it should be as an offensive coordinator. And what I trust about Eric Bieniemy is that while they still need more talent on the outside, they definitely have to get a wide receiver, no matter who uh, the the new offensive coordinator is going to be. But I trust Eric Bieniemy to at least come with a level of creativity in the passing game that even if they don't substantially improve uh, their offensive weapons. He can at least schematically get guys open. He can work it into the scheme to where the reads become easier for Lamar. Guys are finding open areas on the field, and they can at least. I I, I, I trust the enemy more than I trust Roman to be able to squeeze every ounce of potential out yep. of what they have. I, Absolutely. I, don't, I don't think if the enemy is the offensive coordinator this past year, that Devin DuVernay is coming out of games with one touch or Bateman, you know, with, with three targets. Like, I just don't think we would have seen some of the stuff that we saw this past year. Completely agree with you. So we'll find out soon, hopefully, who the next offensive coordinator will be for the Ravens. Is it Eric Bieniemy? Is it Todd Munkin? Is it somebody else? We will find out as the Ravens turn. Before we get into our next subject, please hit the subscribe button for the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to know. So we've been doing a series on um, each group on both sides of the ball as well as special teams in terms of how they fared and what we expect from them in 2023. So let's finish off the offense, Cordell, with the offensive line. This is a group that um, eventually came on. I mean, they for the most part, they were pretty consistent this year. Um, we saw the return of Ronnie Stanley. We saw the emergence of Ben Powers. Um, this was a player that myself included and others was questioning 
um, him being able to stay on the roster um, by week one. And uh, he proved all of us wrong by being a really consistent um, left guard. Obviously, we know that Tyler Lindenbaum um, was a rookie and he finished his first year and playing really well, by the way. Um, and then, of course, Zeitler, we know what he's about. And then Morgan Moses at right tackle. So to me, Cordell, this is one of the most consistent groups um, that they have outside of running back on offense. This is a group that, you know, they have good depth, I thought. Um, now, I don't know how that's going to fare in 2023 because it's a very big possibility that Ben Powers will be leaving um, in free agency. Um, but they have guys um, like Ben Cleveland and Fa'alele that they still have on the roster. So um, I just really felt like this is a big part of um, this offense and how well they fared, um, even when with the absence of Lamar Jackson down, down the stretch. Um, they really was one of the better units um, on this team. And uh, I don't know how this will turn out in 2023 again because of um, some potential free agent moves. But you still have to be confident, I think, with most of them projecting to be still there in 2023, that this will still be a solid group. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is one of the stronger units, not only on the offense, but on the team. I mean, and this is an elite offensive line group. I think one of the best offensive line groups in the league when they're all healthy. Ronnie Stanley is, you know, obviously the biggest key in that. This, this offensive line didn't start the year off great. You know, Ronnie Stanley took a while to get back onto the field. And once he was back on back out there, I mean, he was playing at a high level immediately. I think Ronnie Stanley played at a Pro Bowl level this year. And that's even with him, you know, probably not even probably. He said he didn't feel like he necessarily played to his standard fully. Um, but that just shows you how good this guy really is. But having him over there and Ben Powers, who, you know, you think back to like training camp and mini camp, it was a left guard competition. And Ben Powers had pretty much won that competition early. I don't really think it was a competition, honestly. You get you think back to when we were talking to Greg Roman back in uh training camp, I think it was maybe like the second week of camp. And, you know, he had basically acknowledged that Ben Powers was the guy at left guard. He had, he had won that job pretty easily. Um, and you're right. That no, a lot of people didn't have high hopes for Ben Powers coming into the season because to this point, we hadn't seen really anything uh, from him to lead us to believe that he could be the guy that he was this season. Right. But, you know, it's something about those contract years, man. That, that <laughs> they, they, they dig deep. And they turn into a whole nother person. Thanks. And Ben Powers was just, you know, the best version of himself that we've seen to this point. And he played himself into probably a pretty nice payday Absolutely. to the point where I think he's outplayed any contract that the Ravens can give him right now. And they basically acknowledge that. Uh, so, you know, they're going to have a hole at left guard, figure out what they're going to do there. I know none of us are necessarily high on Ben Cleveland, but, like I just said, we weren't high on Ben Powers and Ben Powers all of a sudden showed up and showed out. So who knows? You know, maybe their left guard is on this team and maybe it's not. We'll see how they go about uh, filling that spot. But, yeah, Tyler Linderbaum, 
played like a pro ball. He's already one of the best young centers in the league. And there were so many question marks about him and his size and his arm length. And can he play center at this level? And I always kind of got to laugh when people start questioning these guys' size and stuff as if they haven't played with their stature and their arm length and all of this, all the way up to this point. I mean, this was a dude that came from Iowa and was thought to be the best center in college football. You think he got there by accident? I mean, I think he knows how to play with his body frame and with what he has at his disposal. So I never really am one of those guys that ever worry about players and how their measurements may stack up in the NFL. They're they're in the league for a reason. Um, And especially at the center position where it's a lot of double team in any way, I, I really wasn't worried about Linda Bond, but he was definitely really good. He struggled at times when going up, and he had his hands full. He went up against a lot of the top defensive tackles in the league this year, a lot of big guys. He struggles in one-on-one situations, um, but and when he's able to double-team, he, he is really good. Uh, right guard, like you said, Kevin Zeitler is as consistent as the male. Uh, is nothing that the guy can't do. He's just Mr. Consistent. Along yeah. that offensive line, for sure. Morgan Moses, he gave them what they wanted. Stability, toughness. A guy that's going to show up and play every week. You know, this has been an offensive line that's been hampered with injuries over the last couple of years. And Morgan Moses was that one guy that they knew would be able to go out there and play at the right tackle spot every week. So, yep. you know, he he did his job. He was available. Um, may not have been uh on his a game the entire year but definitely more he was he was more good than not i would say this past year and then you look at some of the young guys you know uh falele daniel falele yeah uh, who was supposed to be a project this year he ends up getting put out there um i mean he had to right (laughs) because uh because of makari going down while um we didn't see um, Ronnie Stanley. So he kind of had to be put out in the fire and um, he actually played pretty decent in, 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 the, in the interim. Yeah. I mean, and they had to give him some help and stuff like that. I mean, he's still a work in progress. Right. He's, he's still a project for sure, but he's got the size to be able to be used how they want. And Hey, maybe he could be the dark horse for the the left guard spot. I mean, he is a tackle, but it's not out of the realm for the Ravens to try to play this guy at a different position. We've seen them do it plenty of times. Um, so I would not be surprised if he's kind of a, a dark horse candidate to be at the left guard spot. But overall, I, I mean, you still got Patrick McCarry as well. You you feel good, I think, about the offensive line as long as their starting five are going to be able to go. They still have to feel, figure out that left guard spot. Um, but considering the shape of the rest of the offensive line, I, I hopefully whoever the new left guard will be will kind of fit like a glove. Yeah, I mean, you, you do wonder how they're going to go about doing that, whether it be with the guys that they have or whether do they, you know, go through um, the draft to do that. And I, I keep saying the draft as if they only they, they have five draft picks. They don't right. have many. So they have to really pick and choose what it is that they're going to um, get in this upcoming draft. But um, I, it, it, for the most part, 
this offensive line looks to be intact. Um, and that's what you have to look forward to in a good way because they were so they were they were so consistently good um for this season this past season. So, you know, you, depends on how they see this. Depends on if they wanna make Fa'alele the guy at, at left guard. I mean, I would love to see the big guy come in and do some work. I feel like he nobody's gonna wanna uh, tackle him. I mean, you know what I mean? Nobody's going to want to like try to pull Russia. I mean, he's a big dude. He ain't a yeah. little guy. Um, and, and, you know, Ben Cleveland is a guy that I think that we had expectations for. And in the beginning, he didn't have, he didn't really, you know, commit to the expectations that, that people had for him. But when we saw him, when they did put him in play, uh, whether it was jumbo packages or whatever, I thought that he did a really good job in those situations. So, you know, it'll be interesting, you know, to see if they try to start rotating him as well and see how that goes. But obviously this is going to be a team that needs a little bit more depth um, there, you know, because of Ben Powers potential exit from the Ravens, they're going to have to find a way to solidify, solidify more offensive linemen, because as we know, this is a team that loves to run the football. Um, they, they're very big on trenches. And I, I agree with that logic. I think that you have to believe in trenches if you believe in winning football games. And so if you are losing a left guard, what are you doing to replace that guy? And so that your offensive line doesn't essentially miss a beat. Yeah. I mean, and they can, regardless of who the new offensive coordinator is going to be, they, they need this offensive line to be elite. Lamar yep. Jackson has been hurt the last two seasons on the back end of the year. Uh, protection has been a problem in both of the, plays that he got injured on um, they're going to have to make sure that offensive line is on point if they want to get the best version of not only him but J.K. Dobbins all of these guys uh, and the, the Ravens offensive line is they know that I mean these guys were really good they, I, I really think at various points this year they really showed off how just how athletic they were as a unit just master class pulling uh, the, the run blocking schemes were just incredible for them this year, I, I think the Ravens definitely need to find a way to keep a lot of their run stuff uh, in there just because it highlights how good this offensive line can really be. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's no secret the NFL is definitely one in the trenches. The Ra the offensive line is a position that the Ravens uh, do take serious. They yes. don't take a, a lot of positions groups serious, but the offensive line is one of them. Uh, the <laughs> That's a little does. shade. There's a little shade there, but, uh, you know, but, but, hey, I understand. <laughs> it's one of their – we know they have their high-prioritized position groups, cornerback, middle linebacker, uh, tight end, running back. Offensive line is definitely a part of that. Uh, uh, group as well. So, you know, I, I do think that he, they'll take that left guard spot seriously. And I, whoever they put in there, I mean, they, they've earned my trust to, you know, if they trust that guy to be the starter, so do I. Absolutely. So, you know, this is a, a, a something that the fans and the front office can feel, I think, some type of resolve about in terms of like not feeling the pressure that they felt in 2022, um, excuse me, 2021, when you really saw, you know, so many guys injured um, on that offensive line. I think that, that this past season gives you hope that, that those problems are behind them and that adding depth at this point is the most important thing, but that the nucleus of what they have is in place 
and um, that they can hopefully find a suitor that will take the place of Ben Powers if he leaves the organization. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll start with the defense next week. Um, we'll talk about the, the 2022 defense guys, and we will talk about their potentials and what we see them doing in 2023. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Winning Drive.